You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, all you Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Jaybird Watching. It is our first off-season um, hot topic chat that we're going to have this season. And today I have Hayden Godfrey of Jays Journal with me to talk Blue Jays manager hunt, as all you had voted for. So, Hayden, how's it going, my friend? I am very well, thanks. And yourself, Craig, how you doing? Doing pretty good here. Um, we're going to see how fun we're going to have with this conversation. Let's... There's good things, bad things, <laughs> all there... sorts of fun with the Blue Jays manager search going on. There's a lot of things to talk about. It's a huge issue to unpack. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, excuse me, to discussing it with you. Yeah, so first things first, we've got to talk why we're in this situation to begin with. John Gibbons' second tenure with the Toronto Blue Jays has been officially put to a close. Uh, to the dismay of some ha- fans, players, and whatever, but it might. this is kind of the changing of the guard thing, and I think it is the best thing the organization can be doing when the whole face of this franchise is pretty much going to be changing in the next year anyways. Uh, first thoughts on John Gibbons, my friend. You know, I, I was really one of the only uh, people in and around the Blue Jays that didn't have super strong opinions about John Gibbons. Uh, you know, I, I spoke a little bit recently about occasionally disagreeing with his baseball decisions, but that's baseball, you know? The game would be boring if everybody agreed. I think everyone, you know, can agree in some sense. He was a nice human being. He was a hilarious guy to talk to in interviews, and he was a good baseball mind. But but similarly to... Uh, to Dwayne Casey with the Raptors, it, it just sort of it, it sort of had to happen. It's nothing against the guy. It's nothing against his baseball abilities or his his knowledge uh, or his lean, which I love in the clubhouse. Um, but it's just it's something that needs to happen. As you mentioned, changing the guards a really good word for it. It's just there's a new crop of players going to be coming in. It's a new philosophy, and I think he even agrees with that in a sense. And you know the professionalism with which he, with which he went about it, I think, just reinforces everything that we love about him. So you know. It was a great tenure. I'm sure he'll tell you the same thing, but it is time to change. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, the best way to sum it up is there's just too much new going on with this organization, and I can see why he wouldn't probably want to go through a whole quote-unquote rebuild. I really don't think this is a rebuild at this point because the Blue Jays are going to be adding pieces to this wonderfully talented youngster group that they have. Um, so the te- this is going to be more of a quick lock and load, I think, as far as what the Yankees, Astros did with their quick turnaround all of a sudden. I know the Astros at least had to build that up, but the Yankees retooled that lineup very quickly, and you see where they are right now in the playoffs. So it's only a matter of time for Toronto Blue Jays fans, I think, to be getting back to the promised land. So how do we get there with our new manager And um, would be the next one question. And who, what do you think the best qualities that they're looking for at this point, Hayden, for filling that spot before we start talking names that are possibly hits? That's a that's a really tough one, Craig. I think the trend in baseball right now, just statistically speaking, is to go towards younger managers. I mean, I know people talk a lot about Boone and and Cora um, and Callaway as well as a younger guy with the Mets, despite the fact that his team isn't all that great right now. But you know, it, it's not really about this sense of a guy being old school or a guy having success. It's about a modern approach to analytics, which is a big thing in baseball right now. Um, it's about a very good uh, relationship, a very good rapport with some of the core players. When I think about qualities that the Jays should target specifically. You know, I definitely think a younger guy would be good, maybe a recently retired player, maybe with a tie to the organization and with some experience in the league. I mean, I was looking at Alex Cora's stats the other day. He was by no means a, a top-level major leaguer, um, but, he, but he, you know, paid his dues. He played on a lot of teams. He accrued a lot of really good baseball knowledge and wisdom, and he had prior coaching experience with the Astros, maybe not in a managerial role, but in a coaching role. And so I think that could be something they could look for. Maybe a former major leaguer who is now um, a hitting coach or a pitching coach somewhere. There are a few names, especially on this list, that we're going to talk about that really sort of jump out to me as guys that are Cora-esque. Uh, so I think, you know, to sum it up, you know, youth is important, a good understanding of analytics and sabermetrics, which is right up my alley, um, and just overall a good rapport and excitement, you know, not so much being laid back, not there's anything wrong with that style of managing, but really proactive and really excited about this team. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that proactive part that you were just mentioning there is a key part to this new stuff. John Gibbons is very much a veteran's manager as far as all that goes but we're not going to have veterans on this roster after this season other than maybe Troy Tulowinski still <laughs> so right it's going to be right. all youngsters so grab that guy that could handle these youngsters is I think what you need to and then you can learn to let the veterans kind of run around and do what they need to do in those situations um, so as far as the youngsters go they're coming and a lot of them are here already so how do you handle that? And I think the, you might have a guy in mind here on some of these youngsters that we were talking about. The one guy I like as far as a, a uh, recently retired player, I honestly was a little intrigued by the Mark DeRosa name being thrown around. He's a very, very smart baseball guy, and he shows that every day on Major League Baseball Network. And he's already been part of this organization and was always one of those mentor players. Yeah, I, I was intrigued by him as well. I mean, looking at names uh, similar to him, I mean, we know the guy is a character. I mean, he okay. is. He's a, he's a funny guy. He's a good baseball mind. I could definitely see him being part of that. The only thing that I would caution Blue Jays fans about at this point is that Mark DeRosa's name is coming up in other managerial conversations. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds have a managerial vacancy. The Rangers do as well. His name has appeared in those conversations, but... Absolutely, he could definitely be a legitimate candidate. And if 
you know, since so many Blue Jays fans were so happy with Gibby's ability to keep things light, I think DeRosa would be a perfect successor in that department. I mean, the guy is a funny guy. He smiles a lot, and he knows his stuff. So he could definitely be a candidate. Yeah, and but um, my only worry is that with him is if he's going to have the... If somebody isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing, is he going to come down on somebody like you would need to in a manager role? But I really think that him being the veteran player that he was near the end of his career, you could kind of see him mentoring those younger players in the Blue Jays' dugout even. So I'm thinking that's probably not going to be as big of an issue as I you know, might have just led to. Uh, but there are plenty of names like that on this list. And uh, is there anybody that jumped out particularly to you, Hayden? You know, there is. Uh, one of the names... Um that was really interesting to me obviously is stubby clap that's a super unoriginal take because so many people are suggesting that um Rocco Baldelli is a really interesting name for me uh he's been in the Rays the Rays coaching staff with Kevin Cash who's a fantastic manager and he's an example of something that I mentioned earlier you know a a guy who's been around the league not necessarily a star player but who's sort of gotten a lot of knowledge, who's sort of gotten this wisdom. And the Tampa Bay Rays have for a long time been this really progressive, modern, strategic team. He could be a, a genuine successor. Uh, John Schneider, the New Hampshire Fisher Cat, certainly jumps out. And me, uh, even, you know, a guy like DeMarlo Hale, who's a little bit more laid back and a little bit more of a veteran in that sense, could could be a good fit as well. I actually really like the idea of DeMarlo Hale taking back over, but I wonder how much of that's too much of the old regime still sitting around for the Blue Jays' front office. And uh, it's too similar to maybe John Gibbons. That was one of the things I was worried that might hurt his candidacy. He's a very good baseball mind one way or the other, but just that fact that it's like kind of like the six degrees from Kevin Bacon or you know, something right. like that as far as how everything goes, the... I'll even read it off of uh, what, you know, John Gibbons already was more or less offered the job up to Stubby Clap. <laughs> right. <laughs> In a couple of interviews, he goes, as far as who they thought, he thought would be a good successor for what's going on. And in all reality, uh, Stubby Clap's um, been a minor league coach, has been with the Cardinals organization, too. And it's just kind of like, yeah, it, he knows what's going on. And actually, he's the Blue Jays youngsters Arizona Fall League coach. Yes, I believe as well correct. this year. That so, um, if you're going to get any firsthand information on what anybody that could possibly be playing with him in Toronto this year, he's going to get the the cream of the crop with those Arizona Fall League prospects for the Blue Jays. Um, it has been recently said that Boba Shett will not be joining them all of a sudden, but I'm just sure yes. that's more of a preventive maintenance thing than anything. He played hard this year and grew a lot as a player, so that doesn't strike me. But you got Vlad Guerrero Jr. and a ton of other talent. Yeah, be playing with him. It's um, it claps a very interesting name in that sense. Just to sort of add on to what you were saying about the AFL, uh, you know, Biggio will be there. Santiago Espinal is taking Bobachet's spot. Nate Pearson is going to be there. Uh, it, you, you mentioned, I think, cream of the crop is the perfect way to put it. And although Stubby Clop, you know, despite the fact that his name is awesome, his, you know, the name that he carries with them might not be the sexiest in the sense that he was a Pacific Coast League manager for a couple years. He is a spectacular baseball mind. And that's evidenced by the fact that he's he's taken his team far. He's earned a lot of recognition in the minor leagues. Um, I think if you had to right now make a sound move, a very safe move, a very wise move, a very thought-out move, it would be to go with Stubby Clap. Is that going to happen? I don't know. You know, the, the, the front office is really keeping things close to the vest with this, but I think he's definitely the safest move at this point. Yeah, I agree. And um, as far as direct competition with him within Blue Jays, you know, close quarter of 
tenured managers. Um, Eric Wedge is the name that doesn't go away for Blue Jays fans. And a lot of that is because of the connections he has with the Toronto Blue Jays front office. It's almost this new regime's version of John Gibbons, possibly, as far as all that goes. Um, had how Alex Anthopoulos always had Gibby in his corner. Wedge has been here the whole time that the new guys have been involved with the uh, front office. So not a bad move. I don't think, but we, we've already seen what Eric Wedge can do, and it's kind of the same thing we were hitting on a minute ago, I think, with old school manager meets new school going on in that situation. Exactly, and Eric Wedge is by no means a bad manager. He's, he's in player development right now with the Jays, and I'd be super content keeping him in that role. But yeah, he, he's very similar to John Gibbons. Um, if the front office wanted to maintain this sense of having a veteran manager uh, you know, manning the bench, they should have stuck with Gibby. And so I, I really don't think Wedge is a genuine candidate at this point just because they're talking about, you know, a fresh face, a really passionate, exciting manager with all due respect to Eric Wedge. You know, he, he's a veteran. Uh, he has a lot of coaching experience, not a ton of coaching experience, um, you know, successfully in taking teams to the World Series. But yeah, he is very similar to John Gibbons in that sense. And I think that's why even though he's a dark horse, and as you mentioned, a name that won't go away, I, I would seriously doubt he'd be a serious consideration. Yeah. So we're going to talk one more couple things here before we get the uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly out of the way here. We're going to talk the Blue Jays' former shortstops that are in the running here. And I'm talking to the combination of Chris Woodward and Johnny Mack. as <laughs> oh. <laughs> possible... Uh, Blue Jays managers. I made the goof on Twitter the other night. And I'm like, John or Chris Woodward? Is he? What's he been up to? <laughs> Scratching my head. <laughs> it's um. Those are like two. Those are two really intriguing names, uh, Craig. Johnny Mack is. I mean, I'm a massive fan of him because uh, you know when I was growing up watching ball, his defense just used to mesmerize me consistently, and he was another one of those guys. He reminds me a lot. When I look back and watch old interviews of him, he reminds me of Curtis Granderson in a way. He's a super composed, almost fatherly in a way, even when he was in his early 30s playing with this club. He is somebody that I believe it was Chris Henderson wrote about this the other day uh, over at Jay's Journal. You know, he might not have experience. Um, but he, you know, he was around the league. I mean, he was he had a lot of hundred game seasons. He was really interesting, and the fan base has a connection to him. I mean, there's there's been this whole talk about, um, you know, the front office not really endearing themselves to the fan base. If they bring John McDonald in as the manager, or even as a coach, uh, they are going to get a lot of brownie points with this with this fan base because, in a, you know, I think I think it was you who called them the Angry Bird years. Did you call yeah, them the Angry Bird me. years? I'm always the Angry Bird year guy. <laughs> you know, in that span, there really weren't a ton of really great proud ballplayers for this franchise um, and Johnny Mack was one of them so for all those fans who have been suffering through that it could be a very nice sort of you know gift on behalf of this front office is there a chance that that happens I, I don't know um, but it would certainly be a very entertaining and a very heartwarming development if it did end up coming to fruition yeah this would be uh, I think the, either of those guys I know why they're interested with Chris Woodward and John McDonald John Chris Woodward, at least, has been sought at by a couple of years, and he was actually on the, the Yankees' short list before Aaron Boone took the job. He was. And then I'm going to just throw this out there, that I honestly feel like right now, as far as candidates are concerned, Johnny Mack fits the Aaron Boone role as far as what the Yankees just did. Oh, I don't have a ton of managing experience, but guess what? I know baseball. 
one hundred percent. Aaron Boone has come in. I'm going to agree that that I uh, <laughs> think the Yankees' new manager and the Red Sox' new managers are riding the lightning because they had good teams to begin with. Yeah, is the catch. The Blue Jays, I think, are having this. They're stuck in this wonderful situation right now that they have all the talent, but it's raw. So you got to run that next part to it. How are we going to roll the dice this next season? This is almost the situation where Aaron Boone got called in after this all happened a season late, you know, Girardi had that first season or with all these youngsters with judge and everything and made the hard decisions. I'm not saying that Boone hasn't made any hard decisions. He got to the playoffs, but Johnny Mack is in that situation where he'd be coming in at one season early before they really ran into things. I think, because I think 2019 is going to be a trial by fire for all these blue Jays youngsters. Worst case scenario, they're going to be, it, just as good as you know, on average, I think I don't really right. see us taking a step back. But now, not only do we have to go through the Red Sox and Yankees, the Tampa Bay Rays are a 90-win team and are probably going to continue to be a 90-win team. So there's th- four teams in the American League <sighs> that are going to be beating the living piss out of each other next season. Oh, that is that is something. That the, the Rays impressed me this year. They really. I mean, I'm sure they impressed everybody, but that is an interesting team that's an interesting scenario what you said about johnny mack is 100 percent true and i think craig if he is brought in the 2019 year is a huge opportunity if he were to be brought in to be a learning experience for him to to have this chance to get to know the players to get to know the idea of being a manager so that when as ross atkins said 2020 and 2021 arrive he really has honed his skills and he can really get in this is all hypothetical Correct. of course but oh I, I agree I, yeah i really do like that, that it's got to be you got to get the Ducks in a row before you can start winning. And like exactly. there's some different things going on with those other two organizations I had led into. But the Blue Jays have equally as much talent in the minor league systems the couple years before the Yankees and a couple years before the Red Sox were as good as they are currently. Of course, of course. And I think it's completely comparable at that point. Um, so before we talk into our dream case scenario, I have to yes, talk sir. the bad. And the bad right. being John Farrell. <laughs> uh, it's... Oh, boy. You know, John Farrell is, first and foremost, a respected individual in the baseball world. He really is. Um, what he did with the Red Sox, even what he did with the Jays, was was commendable. But, you know, we talked about this just before we went on the air. It's not absolutely nothing against John Farrell as a person. I got a chance to speak with him in spring training a few years ago. He's a very, very classy, very composed individual. Um, but he is not a fit for this team. And he is getting a lot of buzz with the, the aforementioned Cincinnati Reds managerial race, so maybe that's not as much of a worry as perhaps initially perceived. But he is you know, he is not the right uh, person to run this. I really, I cannot stress that enough. That's one name that, again, um, we, we talked about this briefly, that's one name that I cannot, and I believe you said this as well, just would not be able to handle. Yeah, to me, um, well, if you want to see the terrible quote that I gave uh, Hayden before the game, check my Twitter account. I'm not going to be saying that on the air. <laughs> but um, it was graphic is what I'll say. Right. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, as far as John Farrell goes, I think this is falling into the Blue Jays. I'm, we're living in the past thing. It right. was great that we brought Cedar back around for you know another trip, and then we brought John Gibbons back for another trip. Do we really need to keep diving back into our past to bring back managers I just can't see them making that decision and doing that to us all over again, especially for a guy that literally wanted to get traded out of Toronto right. for his quote-unquote dream job, and now he's begging us for another one. It just doesn't – that rubs every fan, I think, the wrong way, and it's not going to be a good time for anybody. So 
now that we've talked the bad, my friend, do you want to break in the uh, the dream scenario here? If we had like the Wayne's World moment, <laughs> so um, go right ahead. The, the dream scenario for me is Eric Wedge. No, it's not Eric Wedge. It's uh, 100% Paul Molitor in my mind. Uh, if anybody has been following my extremely exuberant and irritating Twitter account, uh, I've just been gushing about Paul Molitor. I really, really believe that if uh, he doesn't end up staying with the Twins, which it's fully possible that he can, I believe Jerry Krasnick published a report on that, um, if he leaves this organization, the Twins organization, the Jays really should try and gobble him up. I mean, again, we talked about Johnny Mack and endearing themselves to the fan base by being, you know, a bright spot in a not so bright era of baseball. They will, they would, they would really be making a lot of friends in the city, baseball wise, if they brought in Paul Molitor. Um, and Paul Molitor, for me, represents a little bit of both. He is a little bit of an older guy, uh, but this guy is a baseball Hall of Famer. I mean, he's an outstanding hitter. Uh, or was an outstanding hitter. He really has a lot of things that he could teach these young guys, and he's a good manager. I know a, a few people were quipping me on Twitter the other day saying that the Twins were not that great this year, and that's true, um, but he was the 2017 AL Manager of the Year. He was really, really praised by a lot of his his cohort uh, in terms of uh, managerial decisions. Very progressive, as we mentioned. He, he reminds me a little bit of... Joe Madden in his early years with the Tampa Bay Rays, really trying out a lot of different things. And also, he's got the connection. I mean, I hope that he would be proud to manage in the city. And I know, and I speak on behalf of the fan base and a lot of my fellow writers and bloggers, we would be extremely happy to have him as this manager. Yeah. And um, I got to throw this out there, too, Hayden, because you and I do have a slight age difference. I was old enough to actually remember watching the games with Mulder in 93, where you just missed that with the fun with age. So it's very interesting to see that you're as excited about this as I am. <laughs> it is, and you know what? I think part of that is there is a nostalgia value, and I was I was born actually uh, five years after Molitor left uh, the Jays, so I never really saw him at all. But at the same time, you know, I I look at his stats, um, and I look at what he did for this team, and you know, I looked at him as an opposing manager. But yeah, I think the excitement is universal. Obviously, among um, you know folks in your age group who did get to watch those years and did get to sort of be in awe of his godly baseball abilities, but also even some of the younger guys like me are, are appreciating him for what he is. And I think that speaks to his influence and what he can possibly do for this ball club. And I think that's why I want to make sure we hit that nail on the head because that right there is what I want to make sure that any millennials that are listening to this show yes. <laughs> that understand how good of a move this could be. And I think that more or less this was just a bad timing thing with the Minnesota Twins organization, I think, more than anything. And I don't know how much of that credit is or how much of that downfall should have fallen on Paul Molitor, but that's always the first person to go is the manager. It doesn't matter what team, how good you're bad, anything like that. We saw Joe Girardi bring the Yankees back, basically, right, and then got fired. Right. <laughs> so it's just how it is, and I think that's more it's a culture change that's a decision in Minnesota going on right now more than anything. So, But I've heard stories with with uh, from Twins players and everything like that on interviews and whatnot over the years while Molitor has been a coach and a manager for the Twins because he was a coach, the hitting coach for them for right. an extended amount true. of time, too. So he was literally sitting on the bench calling out pitches that the pitcher was going to throw in the next next pitch, and he was right 90% of the time is what wow. these guys were telling me or t- saying on their uh, interviews and whatnot. And that, to me, for a guy that knows what that kind of thing is going on 
with the pitchers that are in a today's game too. Yes. Like we're, we're talking difference in ballparks and everything these days. Exactly. An approach on the game. And he's calling those kind of things out. If that information, even a little bit, it seeks into somebody like somebody like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or even Russell oh. Martin at the end of his career here and to lets him have another good season at it. That's right. the kind of stuff that you can't teach. You know, it's nope. reaping of his benefits of his experience and I don't know how many of these other managers on this list that we've been looking at on uh, can fall into that kind of category of just like literally just dripping of baseball knowledge. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree. And, I, you know, we made reference a little bit to uh, an article that Ian Hunter from Blue Jays Nation wrote. And, you know, I'm looking up and down this list, and there are some guys that are worth mentioning that do have uh, not comparable but also a very good level of baseball knowledge, just to name drop very quickly here. Uh, Omar Vizquel, Carlos Beltran have been mentioned very briefly. I mean, those guys are very, very, very well-versed in baseball. But, you know, that's not hard to believe what you'd said about calling out pitches because uh, you look at the way that Molitor sort of carries himself on the bench, the way he speaks to his players. I It excites me as, as, a, as a supporter of the Blue Jays. You know, to think that he could be man in the club next year, and I, I really, really hope that that's the case. Yeah. It almost like reeks of confidence, right? <laughs> it really does. It really does. It makes you feel like this this team can really, really make it work. And having a guy like that, I think, around all these youngsters that are trying to find their confidence, and I think we did see that happen with his tenure for the three seasons he spent with the Minnesota Twins. Um, it, it's infectious. If you're if he's that confident that this team can win you see that we should be performing that way. You know, it's kind of one of those, perce- you know, perceive yourself as you should, you know. <laughs> right. And I really think somebody like him, or and regardless of who they bring in, needs to have that kind of confidence to carry the ship with all these young, talented players. And if they are showing that kind of, you know, more or less brash confidence, <laughs> right? I think it makes it that much easier for you to come in into the dugout every day and do your job. So, Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. It's so exciting to think about this as a prospect. That, that's well. That's why you know I have personally taken it upon myself to just learn everything I can about it. Because as you mentioned, it's almost a trickle down effect from the manager. Uh, the manager is not only somebody that, as as writers and as fans, you know, is the face of the franchise. Uh, well, not really face of the franchise, but really the sort of public face of the team. Um, but it also has a tremendous influence, even though people may try and tell you that a baseball manager does not have a tremendous influence on his players. Uh, in the clubhouse, in the dugout, they have a tremendous influence. And I, I really think that's why this is the most intriguing uh, story for me this offseason. All right. So before we button it all up here, now we've given all our fun, wonderful opinions, my friend. Give me your top three. If you're looking at this list, I think we already just hit the nail hard on their top one. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a, that's intri- you know definitely number one for me would be Paul Molitor. I think a close second would be uh, would be Stubby Clap. He's really really exciting in that sense. And you know what? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a tie at number three between Rocco Baldelli and uh, and Mark DeRosa. I think they'd both be really interesting choices. But I do think you know we've been gushing about it both on Twitter and in this conversation. Uh, Molitor's our guy. We'd really like to see him in that. In yeah. that, I, I'm curious. To, you know, what about you? What do, what, do so you, what are your top three? My guys? first two are completely in co- coincide with you, and then I have a right. funny enough. I have a weird tie between old Indians slash Blue Jay tie-ins here between Sandy Alomar Jr. and John McDonald. Interesting. So I oh uh, Alomar Jr. could be a great could be a great manager as well. I mean, we didn't get the to managing stuff for the. 
Cleveland Indians minor league system and back up to being a third base, first base coach, whatever it might be for years now. And honestly, I was surprised that he didn't win the job over John Farrell back yeah. when. <laughs> so yeah. maybe it's just me wanting him to get another chance at that whole thing. But I think he's yeah. a nice play. And the, funny enough, the one other reason I had to mention to Blue Jays fans for my vote for Paul Molitor, how much of Whamco actually comes with Paul Mahler as a coach. Devon White's already a hitting coach in the system, and Pat Hankin is in and out every once in a while. So, <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? I know you mentioned that on Twitter briefly. Wouldn't that be something to just have, oh, God, although I don't want to see Leap go, um, but really it would be quite something to, to have some of those guys, if possible, if they're even interested in it, uh, to come back and coach. That That's a story to watch. Yeah, I just think there's enough other of his uh, Molitor's friends in the Blue Jays system that would uh, – be happy to work with him, and I honestly don't see Tim Leap going anywhere. <laughs> no, neither do I. He's a, he's a guy that the fans like. He and I really think the front is. office is very fond of him, too, and I don't know how they couldn't be as a new manager coming in, somebody that knows him, knows all the players like he does because they all go to him. I don't think he's going anywhere, but we'll see. So, get, got a second to shine here, Hayden. What have you been working on? Tell us what you, oh. what's up. Oh, boy. I've been working on a, a ton of stuff. Craig, thank you for giving me the chance to showcase this. Um, I'm sort of in the least cocky, hopefully the least cocky way possible, sort of the utility man over at Jay's Journal. I'm doing some interviews with prospects, some analysis, breaking news. Uh, my Twitter's always popping with some various news and tidbits and really just uh, trying to keep my finger on the pulse of this team and, and doing my best to give some readers sort of a unique perspective on the way that this team is going forward. Well, you're definitely doing a good job over there at Jay's Journal, my friend, and you're you know, Thank you. keeping things up for where I, my hole has been recently filled in. So. <laughs> we miss um, you. Really it's all do. good. <laughs> we'll appreciate that. We'll just have to make sure we grab a beer sometime soon. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to speak to me. Sounds good, my friend. Um, cheers, and everybody, thank you very much for listening to this wonderful edition of the Jay's, Jay's Manager Search here on Jaybird Watching. And make sure you hit us up on Twitter for the next one. And we got a fan chat coming up soon, too, where we're going to have one of our wonderful Jaybird Watching fans talk to a baseball with us, too. So peace out, everybody. Take care. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.